0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. But the word that I had this morning, because we're gonna continue to stand, because the word I had about was continuing on in prayer, but, The the word I had for our man and woman of God was endurance. The Lord gave me that the other day, just endurance. I didn't know why I was going to talk about endurance when I knew I had to continue on in prayer. But endurance is suffering, sometimes painful or difficult. And you know, you look at our man and woman of God in the 29 years they've been married. They had to go through some painful times, difficult times dealing with us dealing with the church, dealing with people, but they're persevering. They they, they endure the hard times. They endure what they have to go through. So I say that to say, because sometimes we as Christians, we don't go through the hard times, and you'll never get what God really has for you if you give up. If you give up too fast, because see, God would give you a word, He'll give you confirmation of that word. <laughs> and you're all excited about the word. And, and, and then now it's time for you to go through to get to the word. And most Christians never get to that part of their life because we want everything easy and everything supposed to be right and right now. So God said, I'm going to take you through this to get what you have, what I want for you. But it's going to take endurance. It's going to take for you to endure when you see a mall and you you know all the obstacles is against you and you're pressing on and people leaving you. He endured. Dr. Halp endured a marriage for 29 years. So that word, and you look at Jesus, the scripture, I'm going to get to the word, but I'm just talking right now. It said, Jesus endure. Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Wherefore sin we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which does easily beset you. And let us run with patience. And the word patience is endurance. Same thing as endurance. Sometimes it takes patience. The race that is set before you. Every one of us have a race that God set before us. And most people, like I said earlier, don't want to go through it to get to it. We give up. You come to church, usher makes you mad, a greeter makes you mad, a minister makes you mad, you leave. I'm hurt. But what about what God's trying to get you to while you're here? And sometimes you go through it, and God said, it's not just to go through it, but I'm trying to work something out in you. What I went through in this, in this ministry, what I went through, it made me stronger. It made me more determined to do what God called me to do. I had to go through that. But sometimes people don't want to go through it. And you leave a church, you leave. Bishop have been the same. Since we know he haven't changed, he still preached the word, still do what God called him to do, he haven't changed. But the enemy knew if he can get you offended, get you mad, get you discouraged by somebody in their flesh, you leave and the whole church is bad. Everybody's bad over one person because you didn't endure. And you never know what God would have for you if you don't get to the other side Jesus put them on the boat and said, let's go to the other side. And when they was in the water, you know, they was in the water and they was about to get out, and the the storms came and everything came to stop them, to distract them from going to the other side. So storm's going to come. He said, "It is impossible that you don't get offended? You're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt, especially walking as a Christian. Because the enemy knows if he can get you offended, you're going to stop. And you'll never finish what God have. You'll never get what God has for your life. There's times I wanted to stop many a times. But you have to keep going. And endurance, I'm gonna let you sit down in a minute. God will sometimes have you to go through to advance the calling and purpose on your life. He has to get stuff out of you. You can't be successful at anything for God with your flesh. So what he's doing, he's killing all that stuff that was in you so you can be a strong Christian and do the work of the Lord. So when the offense and trials and stuff come to you, you're like, okay, let's, let's get through this. And that's why he gives you married couples, a strong wife, a, 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 a helpmate a helpmate to pray with you, come together. The Bible says any two agree as touching anything, it shall be done. So your wife is not your problem. Your husband is not your problem. Y'all just need to come together and bind the devil. And we had to learn that in our 25 years. In the beginning, oh yeah, the devil was trying everything he could to stop this. Everything. But that one flesh had to come together. Our spirits was okay, but that flesh, her flesh, my flesh, it had to come together. And that's the part most Christians don't make. So I encourage you this morning. It's never too late. Repent. Get back in the race. Hebrews 10.36 said, For you have need of patience, endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So get back in the race, don't give up, and God said, I promise you, I promise you, he's gonna t- get what he have promised in your life. You're gonna get there if you don't give up. I just wanna share that, that was really for a pastor and I love him and I thank God for his endurance because I know I wouldn't be here if he would have gave up. We all wouldn't be here if he would have gave up. So honor the man and woman of God for the endurance. So with your gifts and cards and everything for the 29 year anniversary, just give it as an honor. I honor you because my spiritual life wouldn't be where it is now if you would have gave up. So when we say we honor him, we truly honor him. And I honor him because the love that he had given me when I failed and messed up. I'm so grateful for him. I never felt that type of love from a, a, a father, a spiritual father, or, or even my father, born without a father in my life. But to know you messed up and you don't deserve it, and, and to love you like that is precious. To me, it is. So I'm honored to stand here before you today, and I don't take it lightly. So I honor the man and woman of God. So, Father, just close your eyes. Father, we thank you. We bless you. You say where the spirit of the living God is, there is liberty. So, God, I pray this morning That your spirit will bring liberty, freedom to every person that is here this morning. That signs and wonders will take place. That healing will go forth. That they will know you and see you on a different level. I don't want to just preach a word in the sound of a word. I want signs and wonders. I want you to use this vessel that people will know you, not Troy but you, Jesus. I gave my life to you, Jesus, to use it as your will, at your will. So I speak peace over this sanctuary this morning. I speak your healing virtue over each and every person this morning. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your way, help us to forgive, help us to walk in love, that we can really truly feel your presence. In that, I say thank you and I bless you. And It's in Jesus' name, amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, say hi, good morning. Greet your neighbors. We are a family here at Harvest Church we love each other we honor each other we all are different but we love each other it's a church of love thank you jesus thank you jesus Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, once again, my name is Minister Troy Jones, one of the ministers here, and it's just an honor to be here. We thank you this morning. I want to continue on where we discuss uh, Wednesday. If you wasn't here Wednesday, we was talking about prayer, uh, how important it is to pray. So this message will be titled "Power in Your Prayers." So there's power in your prayers when you pray. Every Christian should have a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, there's no connection between you and God because prayer connects you to God. So you need a prayer life, not prayer, just pray. You need a prayer life, a consistent prayer life. That's why when you pray, you can't have negative You can't have a negative mind and a bad speaking. It will destroy your prayers. Negative mind and a bad speaking will destroy your prayers. Meaning you can't sit on the phone with someone and run somebody down for 30 minutes and then try to pray for them when you're about to get off the phone. Because your mind and your speaking is not lining up. So it's best that you just repent first and then pray for that person because they have to line up. That's the only way to say when the two agree. So when that mind and, their, and, and, and your speaking line up, things happen. So when you pray, your thoughts and your words should align with your prayers. So it, it, sh- it have to align your thoughts. So when you're praying, you can't think, you can't be praying for healing and always speaking sickness. You can- it is not gonna work. And you can't think like a sick person a sick person, go to God, God, I'm my arthritis, my arthritis, and, uh, you know, my, my And I, if you want to heal me, you can heal me, you can, that's, a, that's thinking like a sick person. You have to go to God and say, God, this sickness is not of me, it's in my body, but it's not, it's not of you. So, Father, according to your words, you say you was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity, the chest of my peace was upon you. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. You said it in your word. So going, your mind is thinking that you heal. Your, your words are speaking. So those two are agreeing together. So you have to think that. You have to know that you're worthy. And most people don't go to God that way because they feel that they're unworthy. Yeah, you feel like I'm unworthy. No, no, you are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. So come boldly to the throne of grace. Of course, repent and get your heart right, but come boldly to him. What if your, your child or your daughter come to you just begging, begging all the time? You know, come on, Caleb, you don't have to beg for what is yours. So he, he wants us to come boldly to the throne. That's why it's so important when you pray, and we're going to talk about those prayers. It said, Proverbs 23, 7, I didn't give this to the video people either. See, for as he think in his heart, so is he. As he think in his heart, so is he. So you have to think right. You have to get all that in there. and that's why it's so important to pray in the morning before you start your day. It's so important because you can't come out of prayer still mean, still cussing, still doing things like that. Most people, would, I tell people, they say, well, I'm just not a, man, a praying person, a morning person. No, you're just not a praying morning person. Yeah, you just don't pray in the morning. Because if you pray and, and listen to God and hear from God, God is going to tell you, no, you shouldn't have did that. Ah, that's not right. That's not, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. So when you come out and you're still mad and mean and this and that, I mean you didn't humble yourself. Because many of times you're trying to pray, and, uh, me and my wife did get along and stop I'm going to pray. Sometimes Holy Spirit says, no, you need to go talk with her. You know what I'm saying? You need to get it right. So you need to humble yourself before you go to God, and God will always come through for you. Amen? Especially when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind can't interrupt your victory. When you're praying in the Spirit, because, see, I'm getting... Before, I'm getting I'm, above myself anyway but anyway when you're praying in the spirit you're praying in the Holy Spirit so your mind is not you're not praying out of your mind and that's why you have to if you don't if you don't pray in the Spirit it's important that you pray in the Spirit it's important that you get filled with the Spirit so you can because if you constantly pray with your mind and your thoughts you're gonna pray the problem you're going to worry about the problem. You got, so you have to get out of that and pray in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is, it, it, you know, it takes over. and you don't, you, know, what's, you don't understand it because it's not a mind thing. But when you come out, you're just as strong and you're ready to go. And all that stuff you was thinking about, God said, I'm working it all out. So if you don't have a, 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 a heavenly language, you need to get one. When we come to the altar, say, God, it's a free gift. Say, so God, I want to be filled with your spirit, the Holy Spirit. Fill me so I can see and hear from you. He said, with prayers, you have to be consistent until the manifestation. Most people pray and then that's it. Whatever happens, happens. You got to be consistent, not just continue to pray for the same thing over and over. But get your scriptures like we talked about, your scriptures, you're writing it down, you're standing on the word, you and your wife. And another thing with you and your wife, when y'all praying, the devil, he's going to come immediately. Soon when y'all believe for something, he's going to come immediately to try to separate that. Because he know sometimes before you even get out the sanctuary, he'll get you offended at somebody. You didn't got a word from Pastor. you ready to go. He's going to come, he said, I got to get it before they get out there. So I got to get it out, usher on the way out, or somebody may make you mad and you just, no, 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 no. You got to hold that word. Sometimes it's not good to to, to talk a lot after service. If you got a word from pastor or the ministers, whoever's up here, you got to hold on to that word and take that word, write it down, and, and murmur it, and keep going over the word and word and word until it manifests. If you believe it, it's going to manifest, but you have to take it, amen? I'm going to go over some scriptures for us uh, last week, and then we're going to get into these, these, these uh, seven types of prayers. What we discussed last week was uh, Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18. This is a pathway. It's right before the actual putting on your whole armor. And this is a part of the armor. It said, Pray always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication with all the saints. So Jesus said all prayers. Look at that, praying always with all prayers. It's not just one prayer that, prayer that you pray, our oh, Father, lay me down to sleep, or that one prayer. And no, it's all different types of prayers for different types of needs. And you need to know them. And we're gonna talk about a few of them tonight. Jesus had to pray. Luke 3 31, it said, Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was what? Praying, heaven was open. While he was praying, heaven was open. Come on now. It said, uh, Matthew 14 23, after he had sent the crowd away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark one thirty-five. In the morning, so Jesus was praying in the morning, praying at night. He, he's the Son of God, but he still prayed. So if Jesus had to pray, what do you think it leaves us? You have to pray. And I'm gonna read Mark one uh, Mark one thirty-five. In the morning, while he was it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. And went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Sometimes I like to get up, I got a prayer area that I walk in the woods. I could just go and pray. Just go and just walk through there and pray and don't hear nothing. And you have to find that spot. Like I told you, find a spot for you to spend intimate time with the Lord. And the one that I give to my brothers all the time, Luke 18:1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men and women. Always ought to pray and never lose heart. Praying is saying. So you have to say something when you pray. You can't have those intimate, quiet, just thought prayers. Those thought prayers. That's when you're listening to God. When you're listening to God, yeah, you want to be quiet and hear. After you pray, you want to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. That's why it's so important when you pray, you don't just jump up real quickly. Scott, I had something to tell you. You're telling me everything. Else. I said, hold on, I had something to tell you, but you didn't got up." Well, I'm, I'm good. I didn't pray. He didn't put all your, God said, just wait for a few minutes. Sometimes you got to listen. Listen to the spirit. What is he saying back to you? There's a great book by John Pastor Harris, The Listening Side of Prayer. You got to listen. Listen, what is God saying to you? What did God, what do you want me to do, God? What are you saying? Before you go on your job, God may be telling you to do something. Go and just, just bless your supervisor. What? That? Yeah, just bless him. And it can change the atmosphere of your job. It can, God may be telling you to do some things that just you don't want to do. Most of the times, it's what you don't want to do because your flesh don't want to do. You say the spirit is willing, but your flesh is a mess. And I'll tell anybody that your flesh, if you're depending on your flesh and you're not praying, you're making all type of fleshly decisions. Because, and most of the time it's going to be about me. What's your flesh wrong? Because your flesh is I, I, I. That's all the flesh wrong, I. So if you're not praying and humbling yourself and putting that flesh under subjection, you're going to be hurting a lot of people. You can come to church, you can volunteer, you can do all this stuff, but you're going to be hurting because you're you're going to be in your flesh. And like I said earlier, you can't do spiritual things in the flesh. You're going to hurt people. It's just impossible. So Jesus said, Mark 11, 23, For verily I say, for verily, when he said verily, it means surely. I said to you, whatsoever, whosoever should sail unto this mountain. And a mountain could be anything. You're not talking about could be anything in your life. Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he said will be done, he would have whatsoever he said. Angels are not my readers. Angels are waiting for you to say something the word, so they can bring it and you get your results. Psalms 103.20, it said, Bless the Lord, you his angels. Come on, what did it say? Put it up there so everybody can see it. Psalms 103.20. But well, if not, I'm going to read it, amen. It said, Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearken unto the voice of His what word. So they're waiting on the word of God. So when you pray, you bring back the word of God. They're not gonna bring God your, your whining and your crying. They're gonna bring the word God you said. So they're ready. They're ready to take your words. Up. So, Father, I believe, God. You said God, you was, uh, uh, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm here. God, I believe that you say that you will supply all of my needs. And angels are waiting on the word. So, before, and I'm going to tell these, and I've got to get to what I promised you all. Just recapping. So, before you praise your worship, rep- I, I say repent first. Repent, worship, thank God. Before you go, come in God's presence, always repent, check yourself, see where you're at. Pray the scriptures, like I just said. Pray the scriptures. Get you scripture. Whatever you believe in God for, write you one or two, three scriptures down, and write them down. Whatever it is—deliverance, finance, uh, 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 healing—write them down. Put them in your mirror. I'm putting this in my mirror. I'm saying it every day. Father, I thank you for you're not asking them every day, but you're saying the word and you're standing on the word. Pray in the name of Jesus. We discussed that. Pray in the name of Jesus. It's Jesus said in John 14:13, "Whatever you ask in my name, that what I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son." Then he go on again and say, "If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it." Wow, that's a powerful statement. See, if you ask me anything. And then the next one is, after praying, give thanks to God for answering your prayers. Jesus gave thanks to God. In John eleven forty one. 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, what did he say? I thank you. And he was saying, he said, I thank you that you have heard me. And that she said that you always hear me. He said, but I'm standing for these people that's around me. So they can see and do what I'm doing. So, so Jesus said, He always God, always hear me. So after you pray, you thank God. And then the next one would be, be expectant. And expecting just means having or showing a excited feeling about something to happen. He <laughs> said, heaven are showing an excited feeling that something is about to happen. When yeah. you're in expectation, you're ready. You're ready for something to happen. So you got to be ready that it's going to happen. So I want to get into the seven different types of prayers so you can be equipped when you pray. Amen. The first one we're going to write, oh, I gave him this, the prayer of faith. Number one is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith, this kind of prayer is always based on God's revealed will in his word and never contain an if. It should never contain an if because his will is his word. His word is his will. When someone died, it leaves a will. They put the word in there, so everything you get is in the will. And that's what Jesus, that's what God did. Everything that's in the word, you shouldn't have to ask if. If it be your will, that I be healed. If it be your will, that I be prosperous. If it be, it's in his word. So it's his desire for us to have it. So you shouldn't have to if, if, if. So you never put an if. And most people say, if, when they don't know his will. Most people, go to James 5.13 real quickly. James 5.13. Hopefully you have your Bible, your iPhone, uh, whatever you you bring to church. Most people don't bring. Praise God. We're going to leave that there. You expect to be a successful Christian. And and your, your Bible is your phone. You don't have a personal Bible that you can just flip scriptures and write in and, and, and come on now, find your Bible, go get a Bible, have your personal Bible, not on your phone just reading scriptures. No, you want this to be personal. So James 5, 14, let's go to 13. No, it's 14. If anyone is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, ministers of deacons, elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of what? And the prayer of faith, that's number one, shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16, confess your fault one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. I love this part, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availed much. So meaning a prayer life, a person with a prayer life availed much. So you don't come to just anybody. You don't want, if you really need a prayer to get through. I had a a member came. It was last Tuesday. She came. She said, can you pray for She had to go to the doctor. She has a couple of things. I uh, was going on in her life and she needed her numbers to be low and she was dealing with this. She said, can you pray? I said, sure, let's pray. We prayed and we came in a group, prayed a prayer of faith. So she was practicing, not knowingly, but she was practicing this right here. Coming to an elder, asking to pray for in the prayer of faith. We prayed Wednesday after service. She came up to the altar excited. Wish she went for the doctor and said, I don't have it. Her numbers went down. Everything that she said, it happened. It, it happened, one day, prayed Tuesday, went to the doctor Wednesday, it happened. The prayer of faith, we prayed the prayer of faith and it happened. So when you pray the f- prayer of faith, you gotta believe that it's going to happen. Mark 21, Matthew 21, 22. And whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. Come on, you gotta believe that you receive when you pray. Not when it comes. And that's the hardest thing for Christians. I had to learn this. Literally, when you pray, you got to believe that you already have it. Now, I'm waiting on it to come. Now, I already have it. It just have not manifested yet. So if you are believing for a oh, it's coming. Because I believe that I received it when I prayed. Amen? Amen? So those things. And uh, let's go to number two called Prayer of Consecration and, and Dedication. I, I add that on, Prayer of Consecration and Dedication. It's called Dedication of Our Lives for God for the use to go anywhere or do anything. Meaning, God may say I need you to go move to somewhere else or take this job, or they, that's when you say if. God, if it's your will for me to leave or, or go to this, this job let me know. That's the if part of it. The first thing you don't have to say if because then is will. But you're making a decision, a major move with your family. You're taking I had to pray if we move from Tulsa to here. If it's your will, God, let me know. I've never been to Kansas City. Let me know. And he did. And I also asked him to let my wife know. Because we can't make major moves and just speaking to you. God speak to me and my wife because this is a major move, and it has have to work. We're selling our home, we're doing it, we're moving to a place, and it'd have to work. But God proved itself. So I had to ask that. Number three, we're going to go to number three for time's sake. Prayer of commitment. Prayer of commitment. And that's 1 Peter 5, 7. I want to read that. It said, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This is done in prayer. We definitely have to commit our cares unto him. When we cast our cares unto him, commit it to Jesus. And worrying will hinder your prayers. When you worry and worry and worry, especially when you get up out of prayer praying, and now you're still worrying about that, it would hinder your prayers. So you have to figure out a way how not to worry. How not to worry. And God is not going to take your cares away from you. You have to cast your cares over unto the Lord. You have to cast them over unto the Lord. So meaning that child that's causing issues over there, say, God, I cast, I cast it unto you. I'm not going to worry about it. I plead the blood of Jesus over my child. I know what I saw. I know she's going to be singing in the choir. I know she's going to, that's all you can do. And love on her. I cast that care unto God. I'm not, no, 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 I'm not worried about, it. I remember when the God first showed me that as a father when my daughter was living in the house, the biggest uh, 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 sound, the loving sound that a father would love to hear when your daughter is in the house, is that garage door open? Bruh, <laughs> for me, I don't know about you, but for me, Jesus, she'd come home 12 o'clock or whatever because she's, you know, grown. But when that garage door open, oh, man, I can go to sleep then. <sighs> she's home, Kennedy's home, shut the door, I'm, I'm good. I, how you doing? I'm good. But before that, you know, you're like, Jesus, where's my child? Or What's she doing? You know what I'm saying? And, and they're growing. So now she got her own apartment, her own job. She's, you know, done. I, we love her. We went over there yesterday, put up a Christmas tree, decorated her stuff. But she was like, she was ready for us to leave. Y'all done? Like, <laughs> she, you know, she got her own little life now. You know what I'm saying? She loves us, but, you know, my wife putting up stuff. I had the ladder putting up stuff, I'm like hanging up curtains. I'm like, Jesus, do they, you know, kids these days, they're like, you know, they're, they're into, but praise God, we just love them. You know, just. <laughs> I'm like Jesus, you know, we come to put up your tree that your mom bought for you. I'm like she bought the tree. I'm like Jesus. But you know, we, we love our daughter, we love our kids. You know, kids like that, they just got the other stuff they want to do, I guess. And, and on a Friday night or a Saturday night, they sure don't be hanging out with their parents. So we put the tree together, we packed our stuff in the cold, in the rain. <laughs> Jesus. And we just came on home, you know, praise God, you know. Yeah, you know, come on, you know, we didn't have to do that, you know, praise God. <laughs> Jesus, praise God, praise God, nah. I think she had a babysitting gig, or so. I don't know, she said she had to go do something, I don't know, but anyway, praise God, we love you, we love you. Okay, number four, number four. If you're writing this down, I hope you're writing this down. If you're not, remember this. Amen. Remember this. Prayer of agreement. I love this one because the prayer of agreement, that's why it's so important. Uh, Matthew 18, 19. You put up, Matthew 18, 19. It said, Again, I say unto you that if two of you ag- shall agree, and that word agree means share and understanding our opinion. So agree on earth as touching anything that they should ask. It shall be done for them for my Father which are in heaven. Husband and wife, this is critical. Critical. Because the enemy tries everything he can to get y'all off anything. You're offended at this. You didn't put the toilet seat down. You didn't put two. Whatever it may be, offense, you got to repent all day. Sometimes I just got to. Are you good? Are you, are you, did, I, did I offend you? Did I, you have to because you, are, you don't know the certain things that you may have did that she may be offended or you may be offended. So you got to ask, if you, especially if you're believing God for something. If y'all are in agreement for something, say y'all are in agreement for a house, y'all are in agreement for something, y'all are in agreement, enemy trying to separate that agreement. So she can be mad at you, you can be mad at her, and you don't know it. So you got to, and most times, men, we're going to have to man up and, 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 and take it sometimes. Because women are emotional, and sometimes men, if you're not emotional, you're going to say, well, you may be the one to have to go and apologize. Right. baby, I'm sorry the way I said, you, know, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, are you, good? you know, you got to be the one sometimes to man up, because women are very emotional, and we have to to love them where they are. God gave us, God took that emotional side out of us and gave it back to us and a woman and a wife. And you have to appreciate that. But sometimes we may say stuff or do things that's very tough or whatever, and women are sensitive. So we have to be mindful of that. Sometimes we be the main ones to break, you know, agreement. uh uh-uh, you know, you mad. Come on now, just stay sensitive. So you don't want to break agreement, say it's power and agreement. Make sure the person that you are in agreement with wants what you want. That's critical. Yeah, that's, that's very critical. So you can't be in agreement with somebody, uh, say, women, you may want a husband, and this one don't want you to have a husband, and you're asking her to pray with you. No, you gotta make sure that y'all are in agreement, so any two should agree on anything. So y'all have to be in agreement, full agreement. You know, me and my wife come in full agreement. Things happen like that. I mean, literally happen like that. We can pray and come together and believe and stand. It's happening because we're in agreement. So make sure you're in full agreement. And don't put limitations on God or on the scriptures. Don't put limitation on what you're believing for. Yeah, don't put limitation on it. If God's telling you to do something, God's telling you to. What if pastor would have put limitations on on this big old building? Oh, this is so big. This is department apartment store. What do you put limitations on? God says, so be, believe big. Dream big. What you want from God, ask him for it. There's nothing too big for God. Nothing too hard for, hard for God. Amen. And let me make sure I got that one done. I want to continue on because we're going to pray afterwards in the name of Jesus. Praying in the Spirit. And I kind of briefly talked about that earlier. Praying in the Spirit. First 1 Cor- First Corinthians 14, 14 said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayed, but my understanding is unfruitful. Meaning you're not gonna understand. That's why certain people who who reason a lot, you're gonna reason yourself out of a blessing. If you're the person that's all the time, well, uh, I don't know how we're gonna do this, because if you such and such such such, you're gonna reason yourself, you'll talk yourself out of the blessing. Faith is not reasoning. It is not reasoning. Sometimes it sounds crazy to do what God is telling you to do. But faith is the door to get you into it. And then God will start opening doors for other ways to happen. But if you reason, you'll reason yourself right out. of You'll get up from praying and reason yourself right out of your blessing. Well, really, if you if want me healed, well, you know, I don't know if you really want me healed because if my, my grandmother has this disease and my uncle had it. And it's a generational, you know, thing that everybody gets sick. Everybody. You reason yourself out. No, 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 no. The bloodline stops here. Any sickness or diseases that's been in your family, it stops here. I don't get sick. I'm not getting all that stuff my mom had, my dad. I'm not getting none of that. I'm stopping it right now by the word of God. And you have to believe and don't say those words. Don't say my sickness, my disease, my You're claiming all of that stuff that God never put on you. Uh, my my arthritis and my, you know, my this and my, my, oh, it's yours? So if it's yours, it ain't going, it's going nowhere. It's just, took a seat right in your house. You got to get that spirit out of your house. And we do it all the time. Things ain't going right in our house. We feel it, irritation or something Something ain't right. Open the door and anoint my house in the name of whatever it is, you got to get out of here. Open that door, literally open your door and tell that spirit, whatever it is or whatever, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And watch what your kids watching, watch what they're listening to because that can bring a spirit in your house. Yeah, watch what they're doing in your room, Yeah, in your room, your house. And they got the door shut and they could be watching all type of stuff. And they don't know, some of them don't know. And then you're wondering why a lust spirit is all around you and they could be watching all type of stuff on TV. So you have to monitor your house. Walk to your house, anoint your TV, anoint the kids room, anoint their shoes, anoint within the name of Jesus. I want peace in this house. It's your job to do that. Spirit, and, and men, you need to pray more than your wife. If your wife does the number one pr- prayer in your home, bruh, Seriously, because prayer is warfare. And you got to be tough and ready to pray. Okay, well, she's praying, but that's good, my wife praying, and she never see you on your knees? Bruh, you need, to, you need to change that. Change that. Because when the devil knows that you're serious about prayer, things will start changing. Not saying the wife, because wives are powerful, and I thank God for powerful women of prayer. If it wasn't be for a lot of women that's praying now, a lot of churches won't yeah, cave in. Most of the prayer groups that we have now are women. But if men come together, I spoke with a guy the other day. This my kid, introduced me to a guy. I mean, we talked. He's from Dallas, Texas. And in this we were on the phone just chatting, talking. We're going to hook up. We're going to do some things for his outreach. And he said that he have a prayer group with five men of his church. And I said, oh, that's good, good. He so, said, yeah, we've been doing this for like 15 years. I right, I'm like... 15 years every Wednesday at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I don't do that, you know, with a group. I said, we gonna, I told one of the men, I said, we're going to get us a group going here. We got to do something. For 15 years? Bruh, consistently. When I, mean, I talked to him, it was on the Wednesdays. Yeah, I've been up since 4.45, and I called him about 9. He said, yeah, I've been up we pray every Wednesday. Five of them, and they're still doing it for 15 years. You can you imagine the power that's in? Just talking to him on the phone, you can feel the anointing and power in this man's life. I oh, say, I need to get connected with that. Y'all. We need to get connected. So we're going to have our men praying and coming together. Not saying men pray. We have powerful men here that pray. Powerful ministers that pray. Powerful people that pray. But I'm talking about coming together and we having this men group. Now, we're going to change things in this surrounding area by the word of God. We're going to put this word to work, and we're going to run out of sickness, diseases, anything lack, and we're going to see, our man and woman of God going to see what he saw. Project Destiny going to come to pass. That theater is going to be built. That mall, everything going to be done by us coming together and decreeing the declaring. And, and sometimes we're going to walk over there, and that mall that we got behind Quick Trip, that land, that's all, all the church. We need, we need to walk over there sometime. I know pastors do it all the time. We need to walk over there. He said, whatever the soles of your feet, you tread upon, you have given unto us. Come on. We need to just take a walk over there. No, we ain't going to a quick trip. We're passing up a quick trip. We're going to our property, and we're walking on it. In the name of Jesus, Father, we're in agreement with our man of God. We're in agreement that this mall shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Every time you pass by, just put your hand out there. Father, we thank you for our land. We just thank you for all this land. We didn't tow the trees down. We didn't flatten it out. We think it's about to move. But can you imagine the power of agreement from all of us? Instead of strife and division and gossip and, and lying and all this, but we're in agreement. Come on now. We got to get better. We got to walk in love. We got to do what God called us to do. There's work to be done. And we got to go in the Spirit and get it. Amen? We have to do that. Amen. Uh, Praying in tongues come from the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit. Acts 19.2. I love this. When I read it, I'm like, now he was talking to disciples when he said this. Now listen to this. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So you mean some people that believe never received the Holy Spirit? So you can get saved and you believe and you never received the Holy Spirit? He said, uh, so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. Wow. So they didn't even heard of it. This is disciples. So we got people in church that haven't even heard of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to do a spiritual thing in the flesh. Yeah. Christianity is a spiritual thing. You have to be filled with the spirit. That's where your power comes. Revelation power. See, praying in the Holy Spirit give you it's a it's a it's a pathway to the supernatural. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's open up the supernatural to you. So you start doing things that's supernatural, not in this flesh, not fleshly worldly thing. God will tell you to do something supernatural. So those things, the Holy Ghost. He said in verse 5, I'm going to skip down for time. He said, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Wow. Wow. The Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was already waiting. So some of you that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I would be running to the altar. If I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost and the power that comes with it, I would be running to the altar. I would be running. God, fill me. Fill me with my heavenly language and tongue because that's the power you need to make it as a Christian. And the devil knows if you get equipped and you're on fire and you got the power of God, he can't touch you. Now, he's going to bring obstacles and things your way to stop you, but he knows that you have authority over and you're walking in your authority. you walking in it. I dare you. Not Mr. Devil, can you please not mess with me today? That's how most Christians talk. They're more focused on the devil than God. And the devil is going to operate by what you say. He's waiting for you to say something. He's waiting for you to say, Oh, I feel sick today. Oh, really? Okay, sickness is gonna come. He's waiting for you to say, I'm broke today. Okay, broke is gonna come. He's waiting for your words. Just like angels are waiting on your words, the devil is waiting for you to say something. He's gonna get you in your flesh, get you in your, in order for you to change your word. Verse number six, we only have a few more, stay with me. Number six, and who this is the most powerfulest one to me. Praying in unity. We come together, don't you can feel it like we're going to come to the, when you feel it when we come together, like Wednesday night, the power that was in that prayer, because we was in unity. Everybody was in unity. See, so we can literally usher in the glory of God as we join together in unity and praise. Literally, usher in the glory of God. In the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord fell on the temple where people were gathered together in prayer. Go to Acts 4, 24. Acts 4, 24. Well, I'm just going to read it. I want you all to read it. But praise God. There we go. There we go. Alright, let's read together. Let's read together. Read. One accord. Verse 31. Skip down to verse 31. Go to verse 31. Read verse 31. Read. Continue. Boldness. Go back to that verse. I want to say So, go back to the beginning of thirty-one. Powerful. He said, "And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Ooh, mm, Jesus! Can we shake this place? <laughs> can you mean our prayers can shake things up? You mean our prayers can people can be actually healed in our prayers?" delivered and set free, and when they go home, it was like, man, I was in a powerful Holy Ghost service, and I felt the presence of God, and these shackles just fell off of me. Unity, and the power of unity when we pray. That's why it's so important that we don't have division in your home, in your church, on your job, in your schools. You can't, you're not in unity, and things just not going to work. So husbands and wives, get that together. You have to get it together. I'm, I know we get on each other nerves sometimes. We want to be set. That's fine. But get it together. Make sure you're on one accord. Make sure you and your wife are saying the same thing. Y'all in agreement. Y'all in agreement. Uni- Make sure the church is unified, that we are coming together and we are praying. We believe, God, that our man and woman of God will see what they saw. We are here to help them. We're here to to, to be Aaron and Er, Erd to to lift up their hands when they're getting weak. So come on, we have to do better. We have to do better. You know, and I think about Jesus when he endured to the cross. Jesus, he endures. Just think about endurance when I think about pastor. You know, Jesus could have gave up, and I'm gonna say the last one in a minute, the punishment that they gave Jesus, it was 39 stripes on his back. Now we're not sure for sure because that's the Jewish custom. I mean, punishment, 39 stripes. Paul even talks about in 1 Corinthians. He got it five times. Five times, 39 stripes. But Jesus was crucified by the Romans. So believe that the same punishment was for Jesus. The Romans crucified Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus were there? He did that for us. 39, not, you know you get a spanking and you get one, two, three, four, five. No, the punishment was 39 stripes. And just think about that. And It wasn't like with these little belts we used. When you think about what Jesus went through for us, and we're in strife and division and doing this, he did it for the church so we can be closer to God, so we can experience it. he went through stuff. Think about that. Go home and, and just constantly hit yourself. About, about 20, you're going to be like, OK, I'm, I'm done. You know, I remember when, you know, it's funny. I tell this story, but I was, when I first, I mean, I was like 14. And uh, we, uh, me and a buddy of mine was from Desire Project, we was in New Orleans, and we wanted to get tattoos. So we decided to do it ourselves. Don't do this, you know. We we burnt the tip. We had the ink, and we put I put the T on there. He put his was K, so he put the K, and he put his K. And uh, and we just sitting on the step, and we just was doing it ourselves. And boy, I was like, okay, I started out pretty good. When you get like 10, 11, just sticking yourself in it, you're like, well, man, you just do it. You, you just do it. And, and he did it. He, he did mine, and I did. Mine. My mom told me, up. Uh, what in the world you could have been? You know what happened? I still got, uh, it's, it's all crooked. It? I'll never show you. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. My T, I put my own tattoo, and I did mine. <laughs> but I said that to say, is, it started hurting. No, after the first time, you you bold, you're like, oh, I just, you're just doing it like this and burning the tip. you just, you know, you just putting your own teeth and man, you was like, man, that thing started hurting. So just imagine, you know it had to hurt Jesus. You know it had to hurt him for what happened to him. So let's be unified in what God has called us to do. The last one I want to talk about is the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession. Standing in the gap in prayer on behalf of another. God looks for people of prayer to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, and to intercede for the people that live, that, that their lives may be spared. Meaning your family members, somebody, you got to intercede for them. They're not going to just come and you got to intercede for them. When God's telling you to pray for somebody, telling you to do this, your inner seeing form. Go to Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, 30. And I'm going to read it for time. And I saw for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me, for the Lord that I should not destroy it. He said, But I found none. He said, I found none to stand in the gap. So we got people that's going straight to hell, and we are not standing in the gap for them. You have to pray for them. You have to pray. And then Abraham, I love this, when you read Abraham, asked God in Genesis 18, 32. He said, he asked God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of 10 righteous people. He ended, of course he brought the number down, it was higher, he brought it down. But he, every time he went to God, God spared, spared, brought it down, but it wasn't ten righteous people. So it was just two righteous, ten righteous people. God would have spared it. But we have to intercede, intercede for our family members, for people that you know are going to have people on your job that's cussing like a sailor and you just Come on, now you intercede for them. You don't have to know, but I'm praying for such and such. I got her name down. I'm praying God to help change their life. Change. We got family members that we're interceding for right now. That's not saved. They have to come to the Lord, and we're asking for them to be saved. God, that you will save their lives, save their, you know, take them away from that mess that they're doing. And sometimes it takes us to sacrifice our time and our energy to do that. Joseph, I've said this. Joseph had to endure. I'm going back to endure because that's the last of endurance. You look at Genesis thirty-seven, verse five, and you don't have to pull it up. When Joseph first told his family to dream, soon when he, you know, I got a dream, and this gonna happen, this gonna happen, all hell broke loose. But he had to endure until. Verse 41, and 41, when he got, <laughs> Pharaoh told him, I give you everything. But in between those chapters, he had to endure. So I say that to say in prayer, you have to endure. Don't give up. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your job that God placed you there that may change everything. You don't leave, pray that the other person leaves. You pray that the person leave. You know, there's an incident my wife when she was here at, at Church, Church of Mercy Hospital work, and craziness going on in there, craziness going on. The supervisor just was mean to everybody, treating everybody wrong. My wife said, I'm gonna pray for him. I'm gonna pray that God would change this place. And she prayed and went in warfare with prayer. And you know, and this person was in the hospital for years. Years, had so much authority and everything, you know, and, uh, Come to find out, they demoted her and took her out of the department because she interceded for that department. And that department was so blessed, they were so happy, there was just strife and division. God moved her out of there. You can do that. God, if they don't change, okay. God, I want you to spare them but if they don't change, God, I'm asking you for the sake of the people because there was too many other people that was affected by this one person, just refused to change. So we can intercede, and God would change things in our lives if we just believe and trust God. Can you all stand please? If you believe and trust God, God would bring a change in our lives and there's different types of prayers. A believer cannot be successful in fulfilling the purpose in his life if he does not know how to pray according to biblical principles. You will never know what God has for your life. I'll never be able to do what God has for your life. If you just, and it takes time. It takes time for you to get in this word and know what God has for your life and spend time with him. Spend time with the Lord so he can tell you what he has for your life. And most Christians, most Christians don't take the time. And I advise anybody that's here, the best way to do it is just literally fall in love with Jesus. I know we got the, you know, everything going on in the world and everything, but Jesus had to fall in love with Jesus. And that's why it's so hard. It's not that God don't want uh, us to prosper and have stuff, but when he says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, it's hard because literally you have to not trust in your riches, covetousness, when you're trusting in your riches and what you have, your, more your trust is in that than God. So a rich person say, most rich people, I got a job, I got a house, I got money in the bank, I got this, well, what I need God for? Because you're trusting in that. So I thank God that we have a man of God that don't trust in riches. You know that he's not moved by money. So when you do that, because literally you have to change kingdoms. And you're tra- changing from a kingdom of trusting in this world system and now trusting in God's system. And God's system said, I will supply all your needs. So when you give, you give, that's how his system worked. His kingdom worked by giving and receiving, not working four or five jobs. You know what I'm saying? I gotta work four or five, so I don't have time for God. God said, pay your tithes, give offering, keep your job, do what you gotta do. He wants you to be successful because he needs us everywhere. But don't put your faith in this world system or this government or this people. Put your faith in God. You have a need. Listen, you tell your God, God, this is what I got. But I trust you. You said if I give 10% of this $100, I will be more blessed with the 90% than 100%. Now, I don't understand how all this stuff works, but you said it in your word give and it shall be given back unto me. You say, so when you do that and you trust God, you just leave it there. God, I did it, don't worry about it, let it go. Don't almost think about it, give it. God may be, self, sow a seed. God may be, say, I want you to sow a seed to such and such and bless me. You've been struggling with it for all this time. God said, I want you to give it so I can give it back to you. I want you to give, so I can give it back to you. Right. So when you give it, God said, I'm gonna give it back to you. I'm going to give it back to you. And a quick testimony, I was a single man in Berkeley, California. And I was taking care of my son. And I was just me and my son on, on, God, on God's word. Just We just out there in California. We just, you no, know, you know, It was in Tulsa. I moved to Tulsa at the time to go to school, me and my son. And I went to church, and the Holy Spirit said, and I was, you know, you budget everything. And I had all my stuff budget for this week. I had enough gas to get to this week, and making sure everything had enough food. The Holy Spirit said, give everything that's in your pocket. I said, God, I only have like a few more dollars left to get money to the world. You know, he said, I want, when you get to church, I want you to sow everything. And I never heard that voice before. I'm like, what? Are you serious? He said, yep, sow everything. So boy, and that all, they had buckets back then. Them bucket came, I was struggling. Like, Jesus, please, just pass. He said, just sow everything. Literally, and I'm not telling nobody to do this. I'm not, you know, do whatever God tells you to do. So I went in my pocket. I had change and everything, everything. And I'm like, God, me and my son, I had a 12-year-old son, Troy. My son was raising him in California. And I think it was, yeah, this was in California before I moved to Tulsa. And uh, the bucket came, and I just went in my pocket, and I just threw everything. I went in my wallet, threw everything. Everything I had for that week, I gave it to the Lord. I said, God, I trust you. And all the way home. The church was in Oakland. I lived in Berkeley all the way home. I'm thinking, like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> Looking at the gas tank, the gas tank, I'm like, I got to get all the way into, you know, next week. I'm like, Jesus, what did I do? But I went home and I just got in my prayer cloud. I already had a prayer cloud. I'm just praising God, thanking Him. Got up the next morning, praising God, praising him, Thanking Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you. I didn't go to work till the evening. And the Holy Spirit said, check your mail. Like out of the blue, just told me to go check my, went outside, checked my mail, going through my envelope, and the envelope fell down. It was my, I was raising my son, so his grandparents was sending me something every now and then to you know, help raise him. Envelope fell down, opened the envelope, looked in there, a check for $200. $200. After I gave my little $40, $50, whatever it was, you know what I'm saying? But it was literally a check for two hundred dollars. I just fell on my feet. I said, "God, you are awesome." I said, "Come on, I didn't know, but He knew that check was already in the mail for two hundred. Man, I was like, that two hundred dollars like a thousand dollars to me back twenty years ago. I'm saying it was like Jesus. But that was my pathway of trusting Him that He's my source. So if He's telling you to do something that's gonna out of, just do it and trust Him." I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you, if God's telling you to do something that want to take you to another level, believe me, he will come through for you, will just blow your mind. You'll find money, checks will be in the middle. I, I mean, people, people get, whatever way it comes, God will give it to you because it's showing him that you trusted him. So when you trust him, he's obligated. He's obligated, and it takes trust. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.